All right, is everybody ready? All right, so tonight we are concluding our fellowship on the offerings. We've been in this a number of weeks, and listen, we have a wonderful conclusion tonight because tonight we're concluding with a feast. Who in here doesn't like a feast? Raise your hand, please. We all love a feast. So the offerings conclude with a feast. Okay, now just as by way of reminder, you know, when we started this fellowship, um, we looked at Hebrews chapter 10, verse 9. I want to read that verse to you. And, okay, Hebrews 10.8 says, saying above, sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin you did not desire nor delight in. So that tells us that God didn't delight in all these sacrifices and offerings that we've been talking about. He then said, behold, I have come to do your will. That's Christ. He came to do the Father's will. He takes away the first that he may establish the second. So what is the first? The first is the old covenant with all those sacrifices that God didn't delight in. What is the second? The second is the new covenant with what? Christ as the reality of all the offerings. So this verse clearly shows us that Christ is the replacement of all these offerings and he's the reality of all these offerings. So this is our basis for saying that all these offerings that we've been going through are various types of Christ, right? So that's why we've been spending this, these number of weeks going through these offerings one by one by one by one and seeing all these facets of Christ. He's our burnt offering. He's the one that's what? Absolute for God. He's our meal offering. He's what? Find humanity for our daily life supply. What else is he? He's our sin offering, right? To deal with the nature of sin in us. He's our trespass offering for all of our sins. And also he's what? Our peace offering. He himself is our peace. He made peace through the blood of his cross, right? So he fulfills all these offerings. So you have to have that as a foundation. Because otherwise, you look at these offerings and it's like, why are we talking about all these offerings? Right? So we're applying each one of these offerings to Christ based on the New Testament revelation that Christ is the reality of all these offerings. And all these offerings are for our experience. So then, tonight, this is the, first, the third uh, message that we're having on this point of the peace offering. Look at this title. Enjoying Christ as the reality of the peace offering at the Lord's table. What is this? I read this title this week, and I'm like, how am I going to share about this? Christ as the reality of the peace offering at the Lord's table. How many in this room have even been to the Lord's table? I don't know where we are. That Maybe 50-50, or I don't know. I don't know where we are. But anyway, we're going to get through this, and I hope by the end we're all just feasting on Christ. Amen. All right. So let's look at these verses. 1 Corinthians. How about you read those verses? 1 Corinthians 10, 16 through 18. The cup of the blessing which we bless, is it not the fellowship of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the fellowship? 
Okay, so this chapter of 1 Corinthians, it's speaking about the Lord's table. So when it talks about the cup of blessing and the bread which we break, this is the Lord's table meeting, right? And then look at verse 18. It says, look at Israel according to the flesh. So Paul's speaking about the Lord's table, but then he points back to the Old Testament and says, look at Israel according to the flesh. Remember at the beginning of this chapter, some of you may know, Paul talked about the children of Israel being types of us, right? And drinking the same spiritual drink and eating the same spiritual food and about the rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. And he said, all these happen as types for us, for our admonition, types of us as the believers. So here he is again in verse 18. Look at Israel again, according to the flesh. Are not those who eat the sacrifices those who have fellowship with the altar? What was the fellowship with the altar? It was the peace offering. So... The reality of Christ is the peace offering and the Lord's table meeting, the gathering of the believers to remember the Lord with the, cup, with the breaking of bread and partaking of the cup. This points to the peace offering that the children of Israel enjoyed in the Old Testament. Okay, so now I'm going to read you a couple more verses. There was, I was trying to get everything on one page. The, the font's a little bit small. That's why I'm wearing my glasses tonight. I'm sure you're fine with it, but... <laughs> Anyway, I, did, I hate wearing my glasses doing this. I feel so old. But, um, <laughs> but anyway, um, I feel like I should also read you these verses from 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Okay, starting with verse 23 in chapter 11. If you've got your Bible, you can follow along. I received from the Lord that which also I delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, in the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. So this is when he established that, the table. It was right then, at that point. That was the first table meeting. Yeah. And having given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is given for you. This do unto the remembrance of me. You break this bread. That implies what? There needs to be a continuation with the result of what? Remembrance of him. Remembrance of him. Similarly, also the cup, after they have dined, saying, this cup is the new covenant established by my blood. This do as often as you drink it unto the remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you do what? You declare the Lord's death until he comes. So we don't remember his death, we declare his death, and we remember the Lord. Amen. So the focus of the table is to remember the Lord. Amen. And we remember him by enjoying him, Amen. by eating him, and by drinking him. We're not talking about a religious service here, we're talking about a feast. Amen. And the center of this feast is who? Christ, Amen. as our peace offering. Amen. Okay. And he says, do this what? As often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you declare the Lord's death until he comes. So when we are at the Lord's table, we're also there looking forward. We look at this first table that the Lord established, and we're looking forward to his coming. So what does that imply? There's a gap. 
between his first coming and his second coming. In his first coming, he accomplished redemption for us. That first coming was toward the second coming. His second coming is to bring his kingdom to this earth. What bridges the gap? It's been 2,000 years. What's bridging the gap? It's the church age where the church is declaring all that the Lord has accomplished through his death. And they're remembering the Lord by enjoying him until he comes to bring his kingdom to the earth. Wow, that is very special. While the world's just going on doing their thing, living as if the Lord's not coming, we're there every week. In Acts, at the beginning of the week, on the first day of the week, they would gather to break bread to remember the Lord. So we're, here we are in Acts 20.18. We're in the continuation until the Lord comes. By partaking of that table, we're bridging that gap. That's what bridges the gap. It's partaking of the Lord at that table. Okay. So now we come to Roman number one. The peace offering signifies Christ is our peace with God. Oh, we have peace with God. That we may enjoy Him, firstly with God, and with man. In fellowship and joy. That's the significance of this peace offering. We have peace with God. Wow. Brothers and sisters, through the shedding of Christ's blood, He has made peace. There is no problem between us and God. How could that be? I am a wretched sinner. But through Christ's redemption, God has no problem with receiving me. There's no problem between us. You know what else is incredible? There is no problem between each other. Only through the blood of His cross could that be accomplished. The United Nations cannot accomplish that. Every program at UT cannot accomplish that. It can't. Everyone is struggling. It is in the fallen human nature to struggle based on social class, based on ethnicity, based on the color of your skin, based on nationality. There's struggles all kinds of directions. I don't even have to look beyond my family. I struggle with our little poodle. You know, there's just (laughs) struggles everywhere. But Christ has made peace by the blood of his cross. He has made peace, brothers and sisters. So when we're at that table, we're declaring we have absolute peace with God, and we have absolute peace with one another. Hallelujah. Don't look for peace in the world. Don't join a peace movement. It's been accomplished by the blood of his cross. Enter into it. Enjoy it. That's the testimony of the believers. Do this until he comes. Okay. So let's look also at these verses here real quick in Matthew 26. As they were eating, he took the bread, he blessed it, he broke it, he gave it to his disciples. Take, eat, this is my body. He took the cup, he gave thanks. He gave it to them saying, drink of it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is being poured out for many for forgiveness of sins. But I say to you, I shall by no means drink of this this product of the vine from now until the day when I drink it new with you in the kingdom of my father. So again, this points to his coming kingdom, right? And after seeing him, they went out to the Mount of Olives. 
So the first part of that gathering is to remember the Lord with the bread and the cup. And the second aspect, what did they do? They sang a hymn. Who did they sing that hymn to? They sang it to the Father. And we know this from Hebrews because it says there that the Son is leading the praise to the Father among his many brothers. We're his brothers. We're brothers of the firstborn. So after we've had this time of rich fellowship and enjoyment around Christ, we offer our worship to the Father. The top portion of Christ goes to the Father, and we sing hymns of praise. Okay, so now we come to the peace offering as a type of the Lord's table. And this is the part where it gets a little difficult because, you know, a picture is worth a thousand words, but with the picture, sometimes it's not always easy to piece everything together. But we're going to try our best in the next 15 minutes or so to piece it together a little bit. And this is not every aspect of the peace offering as a type of the Lord's table, but I tried to hit the significant one, or some of the major ones. Firstly, where did they eat the peace offering? In the tent of meeting. Slaughter it at the entrance of the tent of meeting. So what does that tell us? Well, you couldn't eat this peace offering at home. So that's why we see here earlier it says that the, the peace offering, or excuse me, the, um, in point A, the peace offering is fulfilled primarily in our enjoying Christ at the Lord's table. So, yes, Christ is our peace all the time. But in our experience, primarily we enjoy that peace in the highest aspect at the Lord's table, at the tent of meeting. Right? So you've got to get to the tent of meeting. You've got to get to the meeting to enjoy it. That's the point. Right. With manna, you could just go gather your manna, your little portion, and then go home and eat it. You didn't have to eat it with the rest. But with a peace offering, you've got to be with the others to enjoy it. That's the point of this, that point. Okay, number two. It was presented with the laying on of hands, and he shall lay his hands on the head of his offering. Okay, how do we lay our hands on Christ? What does that mean? He's not here. I mean, I can lay my hands on his brother, or I can lay my hands on Alex. But how do we lay our hands on the peace offering? This, the secret is 1 Corinthians 6, 17. Let's read that together. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So we have to exercise our spirit to be one with the Lord. It's not enough just to get our body to the table and sit there. we got to bring our spirit with us. It's very important. That's how we lay our hands on Christ. To lay our hands on is to get ourselves identified with Christ. Where is Christ? He's with our spirit. How do we lay our hands on him? We exercise our spirit. Alex, what's one of the best ways to lay our hands on Christ? Say, oh, Lord Jesus. You got it. That's what I was thinking. Just say, oh, Lord Jesus. You know, you don't have to compose a great prayer or this or that. Just, oh, Lord Jesus. Come to that meeting calling, oh, Lord Jesus. And you're laying your hands on Christ. So get yourself to the meeting. Exercise your spirit. Lay your hands on Christ. And then three, very important point. Through the shedding of blood. The peace offering is through the shedding of blood. Aaron's sons, the priest, shall sprinkle the blood on and around the altar. This is a holy table. God is at this table. We're not worthy to be there in ourselves. What do we need? We need the sprinkling of the blood. So this table requires our cleansing. 
So it was spread around the, around the altar, the altar being a type of the cross with the offering, the peace offering Christ upon it. But it had blood sprinkled all around. So no matter what side of that altar you came to, you would see blood. It's interesting. This blood wasn't taken into the Holy of Holies before God. This blood is for our conscience. It's for us to have peace. So no matter what direction you come from, you take the blood of Christ to have peace in your conscience. Don't look at your failures. Look at the blood of Christ. Amen. Don't look at your successes. That's not your qualification for coming to that feast. Look at the blood of Christ. Amen. When you look at the, at, the, at the blood of Christ, this will give you peace. His blood is our merit. Amen. Okay, so this verse in Hebrews, let's read this together. Let us come forward having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. So this is the third thing. Number one, get to the tent of meeting. Number two, what does that mean? Josh, what does it mean? Exercise your spirit, brother. Amen. Yes, <laughs> come with the exercise of our spirit. Okay, we have to leave our, our fickle emotions. We have to leave our wandering mind and just take a hard turn to the spirit. Lord, I need you. Amen. And then thirdly, what do we do? We apply the blood. Right. Lord, cleanse me. Amen. I've had some failures today. Amen. Maybe some big ones. But Lord, I'm not going to this table based on my failures or based on my successes, but based on your blood. Amen. You know how you apply the blood? You say, Lord Jesus, cleanse me. In your precious blood. That's how easy it is. Just say, Lord Jesus, cleanse me in your blood. And all the offenses are dealt with. The blood of Jesus cleanses us from every sin. Okay, number four. This peace offering is built upon the burnt and meal offerings. Aaron's son shall burn it on the altar upon the burnt offering. And then he shall present with the sacrifice unleavened cakes mingled with oil. So the peace offering, it needs a base. It needs a base. It's not just sitting there on its own. But the base of that peace offering is these two previous offerings. So as we enjoy Christ in our daily life as the one who's absolute for God, and as we enjoy Christ in our daily life in his fine humanity, that becomes the base of our enjoying this peace offering at that table. So when you're coming to this feast, it's like you've been preparing for it during the week, yeah. you know. And your preparation is Christ is the burnt offering and Christ is the meal offering. And based upon those experiences of Christ as our absoluteness and the humanity of Christ as our daily supply, that be, actually, it really becomes our feast because that's what we offer. That's the base of our, of our peace offering. Okay, enough on that point. Um, next point. Offered as a thanksgiving, the peace offering is offered as a thanksgiving. That's something of our emotion. Or for a vow. That's more related. Making a vow is more related to our will. So there's two quotes here. If he presents it for a thanksgiving, that's referring to the peace offering. But if the sacrifice of his offering is a, a vow. So sometimes, as we're at the table, 
maybe we offer up thanksgiving. Lord, you're so precious. I'd just like to give myself to you again. I was away from you, but Lord, now I give myself to you. That's sweet, right? It's based on a feeling of love for the Lord. But then maybe there's something stronger in our experience as we come to the table and we even make a vow. Lord, based on you as this offering, I give myself. I give myself for your purpose. I consecrate myself to you. So in our experience, it's something stronger than just something based on our emotion, right? Or our feeling at the moment. But it's something more solid. Okay. Also, the animals that could be offered were different. Different animals from the herd, from the flock. Um, So Christ doesn't differ, but our experiences of him differ, right? Christ is the same. But our experience can be poorer and weaker, or it can be richer and stronger, right? We might bring a goat, or we might bring a lamb. He'll even accept our goats, because one of the peace offerings was a goat. You could bring a goat. A goat's pretty wild. Maybe that's our offering. Maybe we come and we offer something a little wild, based on our experience of Christ, right? Sometimes the young brothers can be a little wild in the table meeting. But maybe we've experienced Christ making peace as the lamb. Maybe we got led to the slaughter that week somehow. Yeah, maybe we got led to the slaughter. Maybe by one of our roommates. Or maybe by our spouse if we're married. Or, but we gained Christ in that experience. So then we had peace. We got slaughtered. Some got said about us that wasn't true. But we were just okay with that because we gained Christ. We can bring that to the table. Right? That's more like a lamb. Or maybe we had a bullock. I don't know if many of us would bring a bullock to the table meeting. I mean, that's, that's a very strong experience of Christ. Right? A very rich experience of Christ. But I bring this point up because it's based on our... What we bring is based on our apprehension of Christ our experience of Christ, and our appreciation of Christ. So we always want to be growing in the Lord. And we need to even pray this way, Lord, make my appreciation for you grow. Let my apprehension of you grow. Let my experience of you grow and develop, right? Because as he grows and develops in us, the feast at the table becomes richer. Okay, let's just consider it this way. What if everyone comes to the Lord's table and we just didn't take care of the experience of Christ that week? You know, we were just busy with school and busy with jobs and busy with family and planning this, doing that. And we come to the table, what's there going to be? Not much. There's no problem with Christ. Christ is unsearchably rich. But our appreciation of him that week, our experience of him this week, So when we come to the table, maybe we can sing a song because it's written down for us to sing, but but it's hard for us to utter much, right? And to remember the Lord because our experience is weak. So the main point here is our prayer would be, Lord, make my appreciation for you more. I'm sure when the Apostle Paul came to the table meeting, everyone was just rejoicing by the end because he was such an enjoyer of Christ, right? And the more enjoyers you have there, 
And these are presenters. We're going to get into that more. The more presenters you have at that gathering, the richer the feast is and the more joy there is. Okay, so this is just to stir up your appetite. Maybe, maybe your capacity right now is like a thimble. But if you open and you pray, maybe your capacity will become like a, like a solo cup or solo glass. And then maybe if you continue in your pursuit, your capacity will become like Lake Austin. <laughs> and then like Lake Travis. And then maybe like the Pacific Ocean. What about that? Maybe only Paul had that experience. I don't know. But my point is we just need to pray, Lord, increase my experience, my enjoyment, my appreciation. Right? So my offering will, will get bigger. We don't want to just be offering up goats the rest of our life. Have you all ever spent time with goats? Goats are no fun to be around. I'd much rather be around a sheep than a goat. I mean, goats, they butt you. They're just, they're always, anyway. Don't stay, don't keep offering goats the rest of your life. Offer up some lambs and some, you know, bullocks. Okay, some cattle. Um, okay, next point. This is a feast of joy. Not a religious service. A feast of joy. Our peace has been restored. How could we not be joyful? God has no problem with us. There's no problem with one another. How could we not be joyful? It's a feast of joy. And you shall sacrifice peace offerings and eat there. And you shall rejoice before Jehovah your God. This is a table of feasting. I hope our concept concerning the table meeting is just totally revolutionized by this. I mean, this was just totally for me. If you've never been to, anyway, if you've never come to one of the table meetings, you have to come in and feast. Come enjoy. And Lord, increase our enjoyment all the time. Okay, next thing. With the blowing of trumpets. There was a trumpet. How do you, what do you think about that? Did you know that, Alex? Yeah, when they're offering this peace offering, I don't know what that... that you know, the trump, the horn sound like, but it was just like, cut, hallelujah, come to the feast. Peace is here. Wow. You shall blow the trumpets over your burnt offerings and over the sacrifices of your peace offerings. To blow the trumpet is to declare and proclaim everything that Christ has done for us and all he is to us to recover, to restore peace with God and with man. We need more trumpets. You know, you young brothers and young sisters, Sometimes you're a little too quiet. I'd like to hear more trumpets in that meeting. Right. <laughs> I mean, not, you know, not just to be loud, but to declare, right? You're not too young to declare. I mean, don't, don't come thinking, oh, all I've got is a goat. I don't even have a goat. I just have, you know, <laughs> don't come that way. Just come with what you got and declare Christ, Amen. his riches, what he's done for you, what he is to you. Okay. And this is for the fellowship and enjoyment of five parties. There's five parties at this party. The first party is God. He's the main party. And he gets the top portion, the fat. The two, I know to us that's like kidneys, appendages. But the, the point is the fat was the sweetest part and the kidneys and the appendage on the liver. These are inward. They're the deepest part. They're the most tender parts, right? That's why they're hidden in you because they're the most, they need to be protected. Right? So these are the most tender parts. These are the sweetest parts. This part belongs to God. 
That table is for him. It's not primarily for us. We always have to have that attitude. We're gathered for the Father. That he would get the top portion of Christ. I mean, it's feasting. It's joy. It's rejoicing. It's trumpets. But also there's an aspect of solemnity. You know, honoring, right? A proper sense that this is for the Father. We're presenting Christ, the Christ we've experienced and enjoyed to the Father. Wow. This is so wonderful. That there's places on the earth where this is happening. I didn't know this growing up. I went to church every Sunday. I didn't didn't experience this. Oh, but Lord, thank you we're experiencing it now. Okay. B. Second is the serving priest portion. So there's a priest there that was taking care of this, right? And he got the right thigh or shoulder. You shall give to the priest for a heave offering. So that's related. The right thigh, that's for what? For our walking strength and also for rich nourishment. He got the right thigh and he also got a portion of the meal. So he got, he got the top portion the serving priest. And then all the priests got a portion. They got the breast. That was a wave offering. So the heave offering went like this. What do you think the, weave, the, the heave offering represents? This is the ascended Christ. Such a Christ is our standing strength. Okay. And then the other priests, the priestly family, they got the breast. And that was a wave offering. They waved it. What is that? That's the resurrected Christ in love. Hallelujah. Oh, that's Christ in love. Loving and tender part of Christ. Okay, and then um, the, other, the offerer's portion, they got the flesh of the offering, and then all the congregation got a piece of this. They got the flesh. So when you come to the table, everyone gets a part. But the top part goes to the presenters. So be a presenter. Don't go passively. Go to present. Maybe it's just two sentences. Maybe your offering is just two, two sentences. A praise or remembrance of the Lord. But present. Present that what you have. And you'll get the top enjoyment. Okay. So those are the five parties at this feast. But there's one party that's excluded from this feast. But the person who eats of the flesh of the sacrifice of peace offerings, which belong to Jehovah, with his uncleanness upon him, that person shall be cut off from his people. So an unclean person is not allowed at this feast. Okay? So on the one hand, we do have the Lord's blood for our cleansing. But there's another category that's just an unclean person. So in 1 Corinthians 12, 21... Paul said, you cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the demon's table. These two tables are mutually exclusive. So if we've been eating at the demon's table, we can't eat at the Lord's table. And then 1 Corinthians 5.11 tells us some of these unclean persons that are not allowed at the table. But now I've written to you not to mingle with anyone who's called a brother. If he's a fornicator or a covetous man or an idolater or a reviler or a drunkard, or a rapacious man. So the Lord wants to keep his table holy. And he wants to keep it separated from these kind of people. So 
These parties are excluded. They're not allowed to participate, right? So that's, that's a warning. Um, so now we come to Roman numeral two. If it, let's read this Roman numeral all together. Eventually, the enjoyment of Christ as all the offerings issuing in the peace offering will consummate in the new Jerusalem as the ultimate peace offering in which we will enjoy the triune God as peace for eternity. Wonderful. So in the offerings, there's a chapter in Leviticus for each offering, right? And there the peace offering is right in the middle. But then in the law of the offerings, it comes a little later, the peace offering is at the end. So that section shows us a total picture of God's economy. So we have Christ as our burn offering, Christ as our meal offering, Christ as our sin offering, Christ as our trespass offering. And when we experience Christ as all those offerings, ultimately where we end up is the peace offering, fully restored. And look where it consummates in, the new Jerusalem. Do you know that when we're at the Lord's table, we're experiencing a miniature of the new Jerusalem? That word Jerusalem means foundation of peace. That's the ultimate peace offering is new Jerusalem. But when we come weekly to that table, we're getting a foretaste of the new Jerusalem. Okay. All right, so Philippians, look at these verses, 4, 7, and 9. And the peace of God, which surpasses every man's understanding, will guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. The world can't understand this peace. But we can enjoy it, brothers and sisters. Every day, a peace that surpasses every man's understanding. The things which you have also learned and received and heard and seen in me. What? Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Amen. Praise the Lord for the peace of God Amen. and the God of peace. Amen. Be with you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Alright, so uh, and there's a, if you turn over your, your outline, there's a song. And so that I don't have to sing a solo... The brothers are going to get up there, and they're going to help play the song for us. And then, then you can share after that. So as we're singing, think about what you'd like to share for a few minutes.